This podcast is brought to you by the International Budget Partnership and the International Institute for Environment and Development as part of an effort to explore issues, ideas, and examples of promising work at the intersection of people, the planet, and public finance. Support for the podcast comes from the Swedish Postcode Foundation. As we record this episode, Bangladesh has just been hit by Cyclone Ampham. As the storm moves out, it may take several days at least to get a clear picture of the damage, though deaths and massive destruction of homes are already being reported and millions have been evacuated. This comes while the government is already tackling the COVID-19 pandemic. As one of the most vulnerable countries in the world to the climate crisis, Cyclone Ampham makes it starkly clear that the government of Bangladesh will not have the option of delaying its climate change response. When it comes to climate change, the stakes are extremely high, and how the government raises and spends public money to respond to the climate crisis is critically important. The government has already taken several steps to establish public finance systems and processes to better manage funds for climate action, but civil society has an essential role to play as well. My name is Delaine McCullough, and I'm with the International Budget Partnership. Today, I'm speaking with Farah Kabir, the Country Director of ActionAid Bangladesh, and Dr. Salam al-Haq, the Director of the International Center on Climate Change and Development, or ICAD, to learn more about their work to coordinate civil society in Bangladesh, to engage government on climate-related budget choices, to monitor spending on the ground, and to contribute to stronger oversight. Thanks very much for joining us, Farah and Salim. Thank you for inviting us. I'd like to ask you to give our audience a little bit of background on your organizations and why they're concerned about how government at all levels are responding to the climate crisis. You know, ActionAid Bangladesh has been working to try and understand the different issues of climate change, its impact, because we work very closely with the most affected and different communities who are on the front line of climate crisis. And over a 10-year period led us to the understanding that we need to work with the policymakers and budget is political document of the government, what it is thinking and how it's going to be implementing. This process of developing the budget does not involve citizens, nor does it have enough space for experts to provide opinion. At least it didn't earlier. So we felt the need to take up this issue of budget advocacy. And we have been doing this for the last 10 plus years. It started with gender budget. But as we moved on, it evolved into our understanding and advocacy for climate budget. We needed both to understand how much does the government of Bangladesh allocate for climate-related action plans or social benefits, and then work with the government to enhance it. So that's how ActionAid became you know, involved. It has done some desk research. It has done policy research to understand what is the position and also what are the allocations. Bangladesh is a country of 170 million people, and still the majority of the people live in in the rural areas or in coastal areas, which are very vulnerable. We do have 25% of people living below the poverty line, and that's a huge number. Unfortunately, or interestingly, Bangladesh has all the seasons and it's impacted in all ways. It gets the cyclones, it gets the flood, it gets drought. So we need to address this if we're looking at any kind of development intervention or uh, engaging with people's future. That's why ActionAid became a part of budget advocacy for climate. Thanks, Farah. You couldn't be more correct when you say that 
budgeting is a political process. And as you also mentioned, in Bangladesh, the process has been fairly close for a long time. And one of the promising signs is the government seems to be, at least when it comes to the climate change budget, more open to this kind of engagement. Salim, will you tell us a little bit about ICAD and its work on climate finance? My name is Salim Al-Haq. I'm the director of the International Center for Climate Change and Development, or ICAD for short. We are based at the Independent University of Bangladesh, and we, as a research center, carry out research on different aspects of climate change, primarily on impacts and adaptation to climate change, given that Bangladesh is one of the most vulnerable countries to the impacts of climate change, and we're just now suffering the impacts of Cyclone Amphan. And in that context, we have been working on climate finance generally, and specifically helping the government to Bangladesh develop its own climate uh, finance budget uh, within the national budget and also attract international climate finance. Over the last couple of years, the Ministry of Finance has been developing a climate budget with technical assistance from the United Nations Development Program, UNDP, and been helping them to do that. But what we've been doing with ActionAid has been to work with the civil society organizations. As Farah has mentioned, they have been already tracking budgets initially for gender and for other aspects as well from a bottom-up civil society society perspective uh, to ensure that the benefits of the budget allocations go to the most vulnerable people. And in that context, uh, we decided to join forces to do an analysis of the climate budget, which the government has done, which is a good thing, but it's extremely top-down, bureaucratically organized by the Ministry of Finance uh, with very little input from either grassroots uh, organizations or people or from external experts. So we looked at the budget that they had prepared and we developed a critique of it. And the good thing has been that they have been willing to engage in a dialogue with us and hopefully going forward into the next year's budget there might be an improvement in how it's allocated to ensure that the benefits go to the most vulnerable and the poorest parts of the country. You and ICAD have been involved in climate finance discussions at both the international and the country level for, as you say, a long time. And so what would you say are the main priorities and the biggest challenges that Bangladesh faces as it mobilizes money to invest in climate action? So let me start with the global situation on climate finance, and then I'll come to the Bangladesh. At the global level, I'm an advisor to the Least Developed Countries Group, which is a group of the 48 poorest and most vulnerable countries. It's a negotiating block in the negotiations in the United Nations uh, Framework Convention on Climate Change. And we have been arguing for allocation of resources from the global level, particularly from the rich polluting countries who have promised to make resources available, that it be allocated as on a priority basis for helping the poorest, most vulnerable countries to adapt to the impacts of climate change. In the Bangladesh case, we are also trying to get Bangladesh to be able to access global funding for climate change, both mitigation as well as adaptation. But for us, the adaptation tranche of climate funding is more important. Our greenhouse gas emissions are tiny. We we are happy to make them even tinier, but that's not going to add very much to the global reduction of greenhouse gases. On the other hand, uh, we're 170 million people, of whom about 25 to 30 percent are extremely poor and extremely vulnerable. And that's a very large number of people. And so funding for adaptation to climate change from the global sources of funding is an extremely important issue for us. And one of the things my center has been doing is advising the government of Bangladesh, Ministry of Finance and other ministries on how to access these global funds. It's unnecessarily complex in our view and getting money out of it has not been easy so far. I would say one of the good things about Bangladesh is that they're not depending entirely on global funds coming in. As we said for the last few years, 
that the government of Bangladesh has been allocating within its own national budget funding for tackling climate change, initially starting with few ministries, and hopefully the next budget, it'll go across the board to all ministries and allocating roughly in the order of 8% of the national budget towards tackling climate change. And that's really a significant amount of money. And that's going into actual practical activities uh, of the government of Bangladesh, while at the same time trying to access global funds. Thank you, Salim. I appreciate that look at what's happening at both levels in terms of the finance coming to Bangladesh and the government's management of those funds and, and what its priorities are. Farah, AAB, ActionAid Bangladesh, made the choice to help lead the civil society response to the 2018-19 climate change budget and has continued to prepare responses, as we've said, for subsequent climate change budgets. This has got to be a, a very significant undertaking and quite challenging. Could you please tell us what's been involved in these efforts and what are AAB and the other coalition organizations hoping to accomplish out of this engagement? You've rightly pointed out that it is quite a task and it uh, could not have happened overnight. I think ActionAid, uh, or if you're looking at ICAD, we spent a good amount of time developing a track record as well as a trust. So the trust from the civil society as well as the government helped us to lead in this initiative. Because we had a track record as ActionAid Bangladesh working in climate crisis, looking at at adaptation and programmatic intervention, but also doing advocacy for policy and budget allocation, we could mobilize civil society and we came together. And it was about analyzing the budget and looking at what are the allocations in terms of climate response. It was partially about proofing and also partially trying to understand how the government perceives climate investment. Bangladesh government actually is a forerunner because it invested its own money. It's been in the front line to take on adaptation and other initiatives, but how much of the national budget was going into the climate piece of work? How sensitive and responsive was it? Was it going to the most vulnerable communities? These are the areas we wanted to study and share with the government. The government doesn't necessarily always have the human resources to provide dedicated time for such analysis. So it appreciates when it comes from research organizations or ActionAid or IK or other members of the civil society. We studied government documents and annual budgets. We, of course, went and spoke with the relevant ministries and concerned officials and tried to develop a framework, put it into that context and do the analysis. We are not a scientific organization. We are a human rights-based development organization, very much working on, in the field. So we drew also on research organizations like ICAD for some of the expertise. But together, we did the climate reading of the budget and coming up with ideas so that the government could implement. And how did the government respond to these efforts? Once you have the analysis and you are able to show the evidences or the gaps, then it is easy for policymakers to work with. And there has been much more receptiveness on the side of the government of Bangladesh when it came to climate change and related issues than I would say in some other area. The energy level was much higher when it came to climate-related issues. So the area of analyzing climate budget was welcomed by the government and the civil society realized the importance of it. I mean, you, earlier you were talking about Amphan, this super cyclone, but because of the Sundarbans that Bangladesh was not affected as it could have been. So again, we from the civil society would go out and do lobbying and advocacy for the protection of the Sundarbans. How it is important in this crisis or, and when the 
disaster hits to protect, to understand the ecology, the environment, the relevance of forest, and then work with the government to include in the national budget. These are annual budgets, and this is where they need to make allocation. But it's not enough to stop with just the allocation and reading of the budget document. It's also about implementation. Is the allocation being used? Is it being used properly? Is it going for the intended purposes? Is it reaching the people, the most vulnerable? So those are part of the process of this initiative. Thanks, Farah. I think you made some really important points about the more openness of the government itself to engage around issues of climate change. Salim, Ike had played a pivotal role in this effort to bring the government into a dialogue with civil society around its climate change budget, as opposed to taking a more confrontational approach. So I just wanted to ask why, in that context of Bangladesh, you and the others think that such a dialogue is important. So one of the things that we were able to do quite well was to establish a cordial relationship with the relevant government agencies, particularly the Ministry of Finance. When global climate finance became an issue some years ago, the External Resources Division came to us and asked us for advice on how they could access global climate finance. And we've been advising them on that for a number of years now, which has established a reasonably good credibility and relationship with the relevant bureaucracy and political masters in the Ministry of Finance. And that enabled us to then also advocate for them to to look at the national budget and allocate resources for that. And I think the reason why they have been open to also listening to what is effectively external friendly criticism from the work that we did with ActionAid, which was more of a grassroots level, people's oriented, was that this is new. Climate finance for everybody is a new thing. And so we're all in the learning process. So I think that being climate finance as opposed to other kinds of budget allocations on you know traditional subjects like health or education or water or whatever, where they, they feel comfortable that they know what they're doing and they don't want advice or criticism. With climate finance, they were relatively open and that was an open door for us to walk into and engage in a much more friendly manner. So I must say the government has taken our criticism well. They've understood that this is in the interest of getting the best benefits from the allocations of budget and that what the NGOs and civil society and the academic institutions like ours offer are means of verification on the ground in implementing with the monitoring and effectiveness of the utilization of these funds. And the final point I'll make is that in the larger picture of accessing global finance, effective monitoring of funding is actually going to become a very, very important aspect of how much money countries get. And so Bangladesh just being a vulnerable country and appealing for money is not going to make much effect on getting access to funds. But Bangladesh using money well and being able to demonstrate that it is being used well will actually hold us in good stead to access even more money from the global climate finance as well. And that's an argument that they understood and also took on board. Uh, we've built good relationships with them. We are critical, but we're not you know, agitating against the government saying they're doing a bad job. We're saying they're doing a good job, but they can do an even better job. And that's our role to help them. Those are great points. Thanks, Salim. This has been a really informative coverage of what's been happening in Bangladesh and how the civil society is engaging. So my last question is about what's next for your climate finance accountability work. And given that the government is in the midst of also addressing the COVID-19 crisis, that crisis, like the climate crisis, is likely to have a disproportionate impact on the same people, those who are the poorest and the most vulnerable. What concerns or advice do you have for the government? 
as it tries to tackle both of these. The COVID-19 pandemic has exposed the inequalities much more, particularly when it comes to looking at the budget and investment in national level or global level. The spotlight is on the failure across the globe of investing in health system and so on. So if we put the budget lens on, had we invested properly, we probably would have been able to deal with because there are countries where they have managed to contain the COVID-19. In the context of Bangladesh, there's a huge, huge, huge gap in terms of physical health facilities and infrastructure and so on. But the climate crisis was already a major crisis. We were at the front line. We are in the front line. And we are having to deal with this in the shape of multiple disasters, frequent disasters. We are much better in preparedness. So the loss of life has reduced. But assets, our crops, our farmers, food system, all this is being affected. And in present context, the analysis of the climate budget and tracking is critical. In the long term, we need to understand what does this mean? How should we prepare? What are the areas where they should be investing? Given our relationships and what we have seen working in the last 10 years, I think if we can give a proper analysis of the climate budget and meaningful recommendations, we will have this partnership going forward. Thanks, Farah. Those are excellent points. And Salim, would you have any closing remarks to make? Sure. So let me start with the COVID-19 pandemic. To me, this is an absolute game changer. The way we used to do things that no longer going to be viable. We're going to have to find new ways of doing things. And in particular, in the context of Bangladesh, what that means is that we can no longer wait for pandemics or wait for the impacts of these kinds of disasters to keep on happening and then react to them. We're going to be proactive and climate change is one of those big, big, big impacts that are looming, that are beginning to happen. I would argue that a cyclone Amphan that hit us yesterday, it became a super cyclone category six while it was in the Bay. That's never happened before. And that's because of elevated temperatures in the Bay of Bengal at that time. So we are going to see even more of these super cyclones in future because of human-induced climate change. So we need to now integrate climate change planning into our national planning, national budgeting, and as Farah says, also includes environmental restoration and protection, particularly the Sundarban mangrove forest, which has again come into play uh, yesterday by protecting Bangladesh from the worst effects of a cyclone Amphan. So in the context of the climate change budget, I see that as becoming even more important going forward. And it is about integrating all these different aspects into our national budgeting and allocating resources in a much better way than we've been able to do in the past. And I think we've made the initial steps, we've made, laid a good foundation. Going forward, we will be even better at being able to do this. The transition that I see happening now is climate change is no longer a niche issue with a separate set of activities and a separate budget. It's now mainstreamed into everything that we do going forward. You're absolutely right. We're certainly going to be following this promising work as you take it forward. Farah and Salim, thanks very much again for joining us today when there's so much happening in Bangladesh. And thanks to our listeners for links to this and other episodes of the People, Planet, and Public Finance podcast and other climate finance resources. Please visit www.3ppodcast.org. That's the number 3ppodcast.org.